Mark your calendars and join all your ACB friends June 17th for the ACB Summer Auction. It's going to be a fun night of friends and fundraising for ACB. Some of our ACB leaders will be auctioning off items such as crafts, collectibles, jewelry, vacations, and food. It all gets underway at 7 p.m. Eastern on Zoom and ACB Media. But you can get a head start on all the fun with the Appetizer Auction, June 15th and 16th. To find out more, get in touch with Leslie Spoon by emailing Leslie Spoon at CFL.RR.com. That's Leslie Spoon at CFL.RR.com. Get ready to get bidding at the ACB Summer Auction, Saturday, June 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Zoom and ACB Media. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Free to Be Me. My name is Patty Fletcher, and I am pleased and privileged to present to you Brett Battles' best-selling author. And we're just going to leap right in and start off with introducing you. Brett, just come on, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and anything you'd like to share, and then we'll get into the questions about your books, etc. Sure. Okay. Thank you. First of all, thanks for having me. I'm very uh, happy to be here and honored for the invite. Um, I'm just really, really relieved to have you after every snafu <laughs> I had. <laughs> oh, no worries. Um, my name's Brett Battles. I am um, a full-time author uh, of thrillers, uh, some sci-fi, and a, and a little bit of everything, I guess. I don't know. Um, I... Uh, I live in California in Ventura County. Um, I have been published since my first book came out in 2007. Had to remember. I couldn't remember. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I now have more than 45 books out. Um, wow. Um, my latest, which just came out on Tuesday, I just I uh, co-wrote with Stuart Woods, the latest Stone Barrington novel. Um, and for the, any, any Stuart Wood fans out there, that just came yeah. out yep. recently. I, and um, for it. and uh, <laughs> actually I have another, I did another co-write with him uh, for his Teddy Faye series, but that'll come out in, in October. And let's see my, my biggest series. The one that most people know me for is my Jonathan Quinn series. And, uh, which is uh, kind of a espionage spy thriller series about a team of people whose um, specialty specialty is to get rid of bodies and make crime scenes disappear. I don't mean they kill the people. They actually come in after that happens and uh, clean everything up right nicely. Um, although that doesn't mean they don't get into their own problems along the Boy, way. Do they ever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's me uh, pretty much. Um, I can't think of anything else more interesting. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about what got you, what was your path to writing? I always ask people, mm. you know, how, how did you get, what was your inspiration? What was your path led you right. to where you are? 
Well, I have had only one real goal in my life for a career since fifth grade. And that's when I decided I wanted to be a, a novelist in fifth wow. grade. I didn't actually know what that entailed at that point, but I just loved the idea of telling stories and writing. And so that's what I told everybody I was going to be a writer then. So kind of writing on and off, um, I I kind of went in uh, different directions for a while. I worked in um, television in Hollywood for about 22 years. Um, Nothing big just like um what the for uh, graphics for television shows and things like that and then um finally i finally um after finishing four novels uh well i uh, yeah after finishing fourth novels my fourth the fourth novel i ever wrote was the cleaner which is the first book in the quinn series and that's the book that finally sold um and and it came like i said it came out in 2007, which would have put me at about 45 at the time. Uh, so it took me a while to go from uh, 10-year-old me to when my uh, my first book came out. But I, I'm happy to report that I finally made it. <laughs> and well, I think young me would be happy. That, that gives me hope because I have <laughs> three books out. And, you know, every now and then somebody buys one. But I have a fourth one coming. Maybe that will be the charm. You you just never know. (laughs) You just never know. You just never know. Um, You don't. And you just have to keep trying, right? That's exactly right. Keep doing your best. Do you read the types of genre that you write? And that's an, that's an excellent question. Um, I read, I mean, it's from about, my teen years through my early to mid forties, I read a lot of thrillers. Um, I've always read science fiction, which I, and that was actually my first love when I was a kid. And I continue to do that. I don't read quite as many thrillers now as I used to. Um, but, uh, you know, I still, I still read, I want to keep, my hand in it a little bit, but I also don't want to un- unconsciously copy someone who I've read or anything like that. So I try to, I, I, I read other things more, right. I think. Um, and I do all my reading for the last several years, almost exclusively by audiobooks. Me, because, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, it, for me, it, it frees me up to, to, to do other things and, you know, in my job of writing, I'm reading all the time anyway. So I don't want to actually be reading again for my, my entertainment. I'd rather have somebody read to me. So that, that works well for me. It is wonderful. You can walk, I, you can clean. Oh, out. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. whatever. Yeah. I do many things while I'm listening to books, <laughs> but I get, I actually read a lot more now. I think I read 120 books last year and I'm actually almost up to a hundred books this year already. So it's. Yeah. You can read a lot more when you do the audio books because, because you are freed up to move about. You're not stuck stuck with a book in your hand. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Tell us a little bit about um, your sci-fi books. I, when I saw, because I, you know, I'm, I haven't been introduced to you very long. I read a mm-hmm. lot of different stuff, but you just can't know about everything. And then when I started doing this book chat, 
people started talking about these books and then I got addicted. So <laughs> I also do read sci-fi. Oh, um, excellent. Talk a little, talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I don't have as many sci-fi books out as I have thrillers at this point. Um, but I, I plan on still going back to that. Um, I, I have, Basically, I have one seven-book series and then a three-book trilogy and then a standalone that are all sci-fi. Mm. Um, the the, the seven-book series uh, is uh, that came out in the early teens, and it's, uh, um, it's basically about, uh, you know, an illness that sweeps across the world and kills oh. most of the population. So, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's told kind yeah. of in a thriller-esque uh, point of view and, and because um, it is, it is uh, uh, purposely caused by an organization. So um, that makes it more interesting. Um, my trilogy is a, a, is a time travel trilogy um, that I absolutely really loved writing. Um, I, 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 I I don't want to give anything away because if I say one thing, it'll give it away. But it'll also <laughs> kind of, uh, give it. But it's 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 really fun. It's it's you know it talks about consequences. It's mo- it's set in modern times in our time right now. Um, uh, the main storyline, obviously, there's there's some uh, time travel to the past, um, and how like one little event, one mistake in the past can change everything oh, in the future. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, and and you know, and I just that there, that that was a lot of fun for me to write. I loved writing that those books, and and I'm I I have you know I'm, I try to be very uh, I have my rules for the you know the world of a time travel, and 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 I you know and I really like to stick to them and 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 be as logical as possible within that um setting and that i always not always but i often have that problem with other time travel stories i watch or listen to or see or read that you know things there's things that are just kind of they're saying okay you can do this or you can't do that and they're going ah no you know i I try to have a nice (laughs) logical a logical reasoning to what i'm to my story so for what it's worth that's that's awesome um, what would you say your favorite author? Who would you say your favorite author? Was? My favorite yes. author. Uh, see, that changes all the time. Yes, mine does too. Yeah. Oh, so, I, what is your current favorite? <laughs> oh my gosh, that also. Uh, <laughs> I like to put people on the spot. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate. You're that. welcome. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't actually know if I can give you an answer. I can um, uh, tell you s- some of the, um, let me, let me, let me just quick to look at my audio audible list here. <laughs> He's going to look at his list. I like Yeah, it. because uh, <laughs> otherwise I'm going to, I always forget names and everything. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so that's why you were so understanding. Good. So yeah. Yeah. I'm knew there was just a terrible with that. Stuff. I, I'm so awful. Right. Um, oh, I really like uh, for science fiction, um, M.R. Carey, who's a, a British writer. Um, he's got some great, 
great sci-fi, really interesting stuff out there. Um, and the audiobooks are really good, really well done. Um, I, uh, there's a, a sci-fi writer called Dennis E. Taylor. Mm-hmm. He may, he's really good. I've really enjoyed his stuff. Um, I've actually, believe it or not, been listening to a lot of romance recently, um, which, uh, I was surprised to find that I really enjoy. Um, and, uh, uh, which, you know, is doesn't paint me in a good light. I shouldn't have been surprised oh, by that. Yeah. But um uh like Emily Emily Henry is a fantastic writer, really good stories. Um oh gosh, I'm just kind of going looking through my list here um of different uh stories. Uh, oh read some fantasy really recently. Oh Craig Allenson's um what is that uh, series called? He's he's does sci-fi, but um, uh, it, he's got a really long, great series up there. That's a lot of fun. Of course, I love Stephen King. I always love Stephen King. Right. Um, yeah. So I'll, anyway. I'll take you off the spot. I'll thank you. you. Hook, thank you. But you'll probably get back on it in just a minute. Oh, great. I'm yeah, because I'm going to now open the floor to the audience, and so this is your all's time to raise your hands, because we only have an hour for the stream. So let's go ahead and take some hands, Diana. Now you guys. Hey, first is Sue Ellen, and I knew it. (laughs) Go ahead, Sue Ellen. Okay, had to find that crazy unmute button. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I am, my name is Sue Ellen, and it's a pleasure to meet you, Brett. Nice to meet you, too. And I should say, I have read, uh, actually, um, I have read all of the Quinn books, all of the Nightman books, which are my oh. absolute favorite. I love my Nightman books. Ugh. And all of the XCOMs uh, books. Got it. Good. And, so that's um, the Quinn, Quinn universe. Yes, that is the <laughs> Quinn universe. What prompted you to spin off Nate into his own series? You know, that's an excellent question. Um, because, I, I mean, I love Nate as a character. He, um, and for those who don't know, Nate is, uh, um, started off in the Quinn series as Quinn's apprentice and and moves on to become his partner in the series. And then I've spun him off into his own series, the Nightman series, uh, which are kind of books about what he does between jobs with Quinn. Um, I, I love the character of Nate and, you know, obviously, you know, some things had affected him. So he was kind of in a weird headspace. And yeah. And, and and Nate's still kind of a happy-go-lucky kind of guy, sort of. You know, he's he's a lot more um, tongue-in-cheek, and um, uh, he can he likes to joke around, but he's got a good serious side, and he has a really good heart. And I just kind of I, I wanted to give him something more, and I sat down and started writing it. And I and there uh, the Nightman books are. Well, let me back up. The Quinn books are all written in third person. Um, past tense, third person, nor, you know, which your typical right. books are written in. 
but I wanted to do something more immediate for, for Nate. So I end up writing all the nightman books are in first person of him telling the story. And it's all in present tense to keep it more immediate. And, um, and that was a lot of fun for me. And I just found it really easy to find Nate's voice. And so I kind of, I think when I. Nate is the guy the, I would have hung out with. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. When I, when I did the first one, I just was kind of, kind of see, trying to see if there was a story there for me to tell with Nate. And that, that first book like wrote itself. It was so fast, so easy for me to write, uh, to write that I go, oh yeah, apparently I do have something to say for him. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love that series. I love writing. I'm, I'm going to hopefully I'm trying to carve some time out this year to, um, start on the number four in that series. Yes. I am impatiently waiting for number four. Impatiently waiting. <laughs> yeah, so am I. If somebody would write it for me, it'd be a lot easier. But, but yeah. Oh, oh my God. And but I'll do, tell I do, you. I do yeah. have a new Quinn coming out at the end, some either end of August or in September. So just. So you Thank know. God with the ending of the vanish, if there hadn't been another one, that would have been criminal. <laughs> well, I, I'll just Uh-oh. say that, that they're dealing with that very last chapter of the vanished in the, in the next one, which is called the taken. So oh, but you cool. can't, you're not going to find it anywhere yet. It's not up anywhere yet. So, okay. It's not up for pre-order yet. Either. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> All okay. Right. Thanks, Ellen. We'll come back to you in a minute if you have more questions. I'll give the next call, next hand. Okay, Pierre uh, is next, and you may unmute. Thanks, Pierre, for being here. And uh, I promise I'll behave today, Patty. Oh, darn. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, Pierre uh, is a lot of fun. So, yeah, go ahead, Pierre. But, um, I have two questions. Number one, how did you come up with the name Jonathan Quinn? Do you have to do you have, when when you naming characters in a book? Do you have to research to make sure that someone else doesn't have a character by that name, or how does that work? Well, that I uh, I mean, yes, sort of. Um, uh, I will say that actually, Jonathan Quinn's name was not. His first name wasn't Jonathan when I wrote the original draft of the book. Um, I think his, I'm trying to remember, this was way back 20 years ago. So, right. Um, uh, we understand about lost right. memories, don't we? I can't it? remember what it was, uh, uh, but it was, um, I, I read another book. Oh, it was, I, I named him Alex Quinn, was his name that in oh, the that very name. first draft. And then there was another. I want to, was it one of the Kellermans or somebody has a, an Alex something was a big character um, uh, in their series. And I thought, yeah. And, and, and at the time, um, you know, it, it was, it was even bigger than I think, or I mean, you know, more immediate at that point. And I said, well, I, I should probably change it. So I changed it. I picked out Jonathan, which was, uh, the middle name of a friend of mine and, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, his first name doesn't play that much into the series. Everyone just calls him Quinn, but it, you know, every once in a while comes out. So, but that's yes. And my second question is when, when you're writing a book like this, how much research does it entail 
before you can actually write the book to make sure that everything is accurate. Right. Well, um, there are many different schools of thought on research for thrillers and stuff. There are some people who do tons of research and make everything um, exact. Like if you go into this bathroom of this restaurant in Hong Kong, the door is going to be exactly (laughs) where he said that is. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. But um, I take the approach of that um, I am creating this. You're you're coming into my world, my Quinn world. And it's not our world. It's close, you know. And so I will put a lot of things that are real in there, places and stuff. But I will also add things in that I need. Like I in in the cleaner, my first Quinn book, you know, um, the stuff in, in Berlin is mostly accurate, but then I needed this hotel convention center at this one spot and there what where there wasn't any, and I just put it there, you know, it's, um, uh, because it, as long as I telling a story in a way that the reader, it doesn't kind of go, wait a minute, that's not true, or that can't work, or that device wouldn't work. But if I present it in a in a seamless way that within the context of the story and the world I created, it's real. Then then I then I think I'm doing my job. Now that said, I still try to be as accurate as possible most of the time, and um, I will. I don't do I'm not. I I'm, I don't do a lot of a ton of research ahead of time. Usually what I'll do is as I'm writing, because I'm not a, again, there are a couple different uh, schools of thought on writing. You, you're an outliner or you're a pantser, which means you write by the seat of your pants, right? And there, and you're, um, there's writers all the way on that scale between there. And I, I tend to be closer to the write by the seat of your pants than do Me an outline. Yeah. Um, and and I kind of consider my first draft as my outline in essence. Mm-hmm. So I'm figuring out the stories I'm going along. So I, if I need a piece of research or a, a type of aircraft or um, uh, I, uh, I, I did a chase scene in New York once where I hadn't been to New York for a couple of years at that point. So I did it all using Google Street View so that I would know what the area looks like there. So I will do my research as as I need it, or I'll make a note and do it when I have a, a few moments later or something like that. Um, so, you know, I don't do a ton of pre-research, but the research kind of comes as I'm going along and drips and drabs. And, you know, the internet makes it so much easier. I, yes. I can't imagine what writers did before that. Um it just, you know, you, you you wouldn't you would have tons of questions. You just have to make a list of notes and go down to your library and make tons of phone calls. Now I can find out what the inside of the train station in some little small town in um, Hungary is because somebody has probably posted a YouTube video of it or something like that that I can watch and see and listen and and get the sense of the place within like a minute or two. It's crazy. And that's helpful. Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. That's a good question here. Yeah. Let's have our next hand. Okay. Next, we have um, we have a phone number eight zero eight ending in zero seven zero. Go Diane, ahead. And just to let you know, we do have a raised hand in the clubhouse too. Ah. Okay. okay we'll take. Uh, we'll, 
we'll, we'll go we'll with the that. Phone num- we'll take the phone number and in the clubhouse. Yeah. Okay. Good morning, Patty. This is Kenny in Hawaii. Hi. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Thank you for All being right. here. Yes, I could. I, no way I was going to miss it. Uh, good morning, Brett. Thank you, sir, for coming in. Um, oh, my pleasure. Good morning. Uh, good morning. The the Cleaner is the first book I read, and I was hooked. Oh, um, thank so you. Anytime I anytime I saw your name come up in the listings of uh, books, it, it was no question. I'm, I'm going to read it. You know, I didn't even care what it was about. I didn't need to outline <laughs> anything about it. <laughs> It's, I appreciate that. That's awesome. You are you are the it's type Brett of reader I, I want all the yeah. time. <laughs> I, I, I see bread battles. That's it. I'm 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 off and running. Um, you are my, my favorite question, person today. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, but my question is: um, Have you ever done an outline of a book uh, with a character, and then you started? writing that book and you got mm-hmm. maybe 10, 15 chapters in, whatever, mm-hmm. and you just said, this this character, this this isn't working. And you, mm-hmm. and you just threw that idea out and started over? Uh, well, I, I again, I don't really do a lot of outlines, but in a way my draft is my outline. But I, so let me answer it from that point of view. Um, I have multiple times been writing a book and I realize at some point that a character or a situation uh, that I've already written isn't going, isn't right for the rest of the book. And uh, maybe it's just, I, I've switched men to women in books before. I've switched, I've pulled characters out before. But a lot of times what I'll do is, I, you know, if I'm, since I'm writing the manuscript, I, I, I will keep writing. So let's say up to page 100, I have this one character in here who's just not really helping the story at all. And then on, and I decide at page 100, oh, I just need to get rid of him. But I keep writing. And so on page 101, that character is gone. So the second half of the book, I write without that character. So when I go back and do my rewrites, I have to fix everything in the first 100 pages. Um, so I've done that before. I had one... Um, my second book, The Deceived, which you, which you, I'm sure you read if you read uh, the Cleaner series, um, a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, when the originally, um, uh, the second half of that book was okay, but not great, and I knew it, and my editor knew it, and we had a long talk, and I ended up throwing away like, I don't know, like 200 pages of that. Oh manuscript and rewrote the whole ending to be a much, much better ending. And that ended up being the book for me that won the best thriller award for the Barry nominee of Barry awards. Um, But I, which I'm sure it wouldn't even come close if if I had kept the the ending before, but um, you know, sometimes you got to throw stuff out. I don't throw as much out these days as I used to. And I think that's just because I've been at it for a while. So like any, anything, when you do a job for a long period of time, you get better at not putting yourself into a hole. That doesn't mean I don't occasionally, but I don't, hopefully I'm not putting myself as into as deep of a hole as I did back on that, on the deceived when I first was writing it. But um, 
Yeah, sometimes you have to go yeah, back but, and just you know, throw things away. What's good with that is you recognize that you're in a hole and you can pull yourself out of that hole right. and repair it and, and move on. That's great. That's, that's right. a great thing. Thank I, you I, so much again, sir. Oh, no problem. There, there, There is one other book. Um, um, it's one of my, my standalone sci-fi. It's called Mine, M-I-N-E. And um, it's like one of my favorite books. Uh, but the first when I, I, I wrote it and I got it done and I sent it to my editor and I wasn't really feeling like I, I was feeling like something wasn't quite right with it. But I sent it off because I had this deadline and, and everything that I wanted to hit. And, you know, she was working on it for a couple of weeks. And I finally asked her, like, what, what she was thinking. She goes, well, it's, you know, this and this. And, and I finally said, okay, okay, you know what? I need to, let's stop. I pulled it back. I, I, I put it in the metaphorical drawer of my desk because it was actually on my computer. But, um, and I didn't even look at it for, I wrote another book. I didn't even look at it for another four five months and then I pulled it out and I did a, a really thorough rewriting of it to make it much much better than than it was and I was in a much better head place to finish that book in the way it was but sometimes you got to do that you know mm-hmm. awesome let's take our clubhouse hand all right we've got Tori hi Tori thanks for being here <laughs> Tori's in England. We got some people over the seas here. Wales. Yeah. Wales. Not England, Wales. Wales. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Ooh, she'll get me after a while. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead with your question. I'll shut up. (laughs) Okay. Um, Your answer um, to the second of Kenny's is a good segue into mine because I wanted to ask, what is your favorite of your book? Not necessarily your reader's favorite because I know that's not always the same thing, but what's right. your favorite? My favorite. That's a good question. Um, I, I, I will, I, I will give you more than one because um, <laughs> I can't just do that. But I, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I'm always going to be partial to the cleaner because it was my first book and every everything, and that's one that gave me all this opportunity. Um, I'm sure I'd be able to write it even better now because I have a lot more experience. I've written 40 plus more novels since then. So you would hope that um, that would be the case. But um, beyond that, I, I would say my Nightman series, I just love those. My Rewinder which trilogy, which is the um, time travel series, um, and and this and the book mine, which I mentioned, um, I think um, uh, are all favorites. Um, I, but I, I, I honestly, I really like everything I've written. I, I don't. Is there one that I wish I hadn't? No, not that I know of. <laughs> well, that's a good start. Yeah, I, and it's interesting because um, both the Rewinder and the Nightman series are first-person books. And I and I realize that I really really enjoy writing in the first person. I just don't do it enough, you know. Uh, some situations don't call for it, but um, when possible, 
as I go forward, I'll probably try in, at least with new worlds or new types of or new series. I may try to do more of that. We we will see. Awesome. Thanks, Tori. And sorry, I'm ge- geographically impaired. Um, next hand, next hand. Okay, next we have Shannon. Go ahead. Hi, Brett. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am fine. It's wonderful to put a voice to the words. Oh, um, thank you. Um, I, I read a lot of Audible books, too. And mm. uh, I read uh, two books of yours that are on Audible from uh, the Logan Harper series, I oh, think yeah. it's called. Uh, yeah. Every uh, Little Girl Gone and Every Precious Thing. Yes. And I bought them on a lark because I adore. And I mean, I love Jeff Woodman. That ah. man would read the phone book and I, I would listen. So by the way, would I would listen to Zach via. He's a perfect Nate. But what right. I wanted to ask you was, do you plan on writing any more Harper books? Because I love them. I, I appreciate that. And I, and I, and I'm so happy to hear that. Um, I think the problem is I haven't heard that enough um, uh, in the sense that though the two Logan Harper books, the reason I didn't continue writing those uh, uh, in the past is because they performed the least well of any of my books. That and, is too bad. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have to, you know, keep food sure. on the table. So of course you do. <laughs> so I, I kind of, I would, I, I keep thinking that someday I'll go back to, to them. Um, I just, it's now it's so hard to find even a hole in my schedule and now it's even mm-hmm. worse, but you know, because I, uh, in the, you know, I would have to be, uh, servicing, uh, Quinn Four or five and, series, yeah. and, and, and Nightman now yeah. XCOMs is kind of on a pause at this point. Um, uh, but now I also have Stuart Woods mm-hmm. books that I'm working on and, you know, it's, uh, so it's, and, well, and you, you, know, you can clone. only get so many books written in a year. Right. You need a clone. Well, I just is listening to you and then I'll be quiet. In listening to you though, I had an idea because Harper and Nate are both in California. So yeah. how about a Harper visit well, to Nightman? It, it you know, that's possible because um I I don't know if um you picked up on it or or readers have picked up on it too much, but one of the main characters in the Quinn series of, of late. And as of late, I mean, from like book, I don't know, I think book eight or nine or somewhere in there is a character named Dang who is. Yes. I love him. Yeah. yeah. Love him. Love him. Yeah. Well, Jar's my favorite all time. Jar's just. Yeah, then uh, the yeah. romance between her and Nate is beautiful. Oh, but I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No spoilers. Oh, uh, the uh, uh, Dang's so the first appearance of Dang is actually in Little Girl Gone, the Logan Harper book. That's right, it was because I remember yeah. thinking, I know that guy. Uh, <laughs> you just pushed a button. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. So, so Logan Harper is also in the Quinn verse, but very tangentially. So maybe I'll bring him in. That you know what? That's not actually a bad idea. I I I really should consider that again. Well, they are so close in geography. I mean, yeah. Nate's yeah. in in Anaheim, and I think uh, Harper's in San Diego. No, and- I, I I think he's in he's up in uh, uh, Pismo or not or like like oh, uh, Morro yeah. Bay, Cambria, something okay. like that. Mm-hmm. That's true, but that I got to read those books again. But you yeah. know, it's just a thought to bring yeah. him in because yep. with the popularity of Nightman, he could get exposure, and then you could write another book. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that's you know what you are. 
You are not wrong. You are well, not awesome. Wrong. And, and I'm going to reread them again because I love him. And thank you so much for all of the words. Well, thank, and you. For thank you. Thank you for reading them. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. This is really good. I knew my people would come through for me. They, they <laughs> I See, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to sit back and let them do it. <laughs> we have no more raised hands and oh, so many in Clubhouse. I, I knew I spoke too soon. <laughs> oh, now we do, I think, have one in Zoom too. Any hands? No, maybe we don't. Uh, Belinda? Apparently. All right. So you guys think up some more questions. Sue Ellen, I know you're bound to have more. Um, Some of these people really do read a lot of you. While we're waiting on them to think up more questions, my thing was you were talking about characters that you found just weren't working. Mm. Have you ever killed any of them to get rid of them? Uh, well, have another at, at, as, as you may know, if you read the Quinn series, I have killed important characters before. Yes. Um, I, I did not do that because I wanted to get rid of them. I only did that because that served the story and that's it just served, the way the story, the story went. Right. Yeah. Um, in fact, the one character that everyone always gives me a hard time about, and I'm not going to mention here, so I'm not giving spoilers, but those who've read the series will know someone very close to Nate and, and Jonathan right. Quinn. Right. Um, uh, I did not know that was going to happen until like just a couple chapters before I got there when the, I, when it hit me and I even had to call my editor and say, should I do this? Yeah. <laughs> because, but it made the most sense for what was going on. And then it gave great motivation to future things. So, but no, I've never killed a character that I just didn't like. I, you know, uh, I mean, I've killed a lot of characters I didn't like because they're terrible people, um, but they're good characters. Um, If if it's not a good character, I'll I'll just excise him from the story. I'll change him into one that makes him good not in the good evil way, but good as like a rounded, interesting mm-hmm. character. More, more developed. More developed. More yeah. developed. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So Belinda, you said we had another hand? Yeah, Tori's back. <laughs> oh, good. Go ahead, Tori. Hello. Hi. Again. So, <laughs> so I'm just curious, what is your ideal situation for sitting down to write like do you like background music silence this is an this is a great question um i am i go through cycles i i will go i, I remember back i don't know 2012 through 2014 or something where i would I just worked quietly in my kitchen or dining room um, and uh, just no music, nothing whatsoever. Uh, I went through a spell where I would go to uh, the local library and write there for several hours. Um, uh, This was when I was living in Los Angeles. Uh, I would go to the Pasadena library, which is huge. So it's like, it's not, you know, there's plenty of places you can find to hide and write and everything. Um, I, I find that I, I, I tend to kind of like to write where there are other people are around only because 
I can look up and just kind of watch the chaos going on. And it, it allows my, it frees up my mind. Um, most recently I have been, um, writing in the mornings at Starbucks, um, for several hours. Um, uh, and the beauty of going to the same Starbucks every day is that eventually they start giving you free drinks because yep. they see you all the time. They do. Uh, which is awesome, especially if you stay there a long time. I'll, I'll buy my drink at the beginning and a couple hours later, there's another one sitting next to me and I didn't get it. That's nice. And, um, I, and I also, uh, last year, I, after I finished at Starbucks, I would drive down to, um, a, uh, a, a brewery in, in Ventura <laughs> and I would sit there and write for another couple of hours. I and love have a it. beer and everything. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. Oh. I haven't done that as much lately, uh, but I might get back into that swing fairly soon here. So Sounds we'll like see. an excellent place yes. to write. It's um, very nice. Especially yeah. the free drink part, right? Yes, yeah. that's always yeah. great. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So that brought up a question for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is your family's response to your being a writer? Are they supportive? Do they wish your muse would shut up or you know, <laughs> how, how is, how is that? Well, it's, um, uh, I don't think my muse, my muse affects anyone in a negative way, as far as I can tell. Um, uh, my, my parents are very pleased. Of course they, I think they're surprised that it, ha- I mean, they knew, knew I wanted to do that, but you know, you never know when somebody actually makes that happen. Right. Um, my brother and sister also very happy, very nice. My kids, um, though they haven't read any of my stuff, um, uh, they're, I think that it, it's, um, they're, they're happy about it. My youngest daughter, who's 23, um, she and her friend, her friends call me, what does she say? Every time they talk about, or talk to her or somehow I come up. I don't know why, but they always say, Oh, you mean American, uh, American author, Brett battles. That's, <laughs> a, that's, that's like my full name. Every time they say that, and I'm going, that's kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> I like it. I love it. Uh, I, but yeah, so no, every, everybody's fine with it. Right. Do we have any more hands? We have two hands in zoom. Oh, good. Uh, Actually, it looks like we hit three now. Uh, Sue Ellen is first, and you can go ahead. Okay. And, and, and Sue Ellen, before you start, uh, Diana, please help me keep up with the time because we only have an hour for the stream, and then I have to let the call go because it's only an hour. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got so we got about we got about eighteen minutes left then uh, before the stream. Okay, go ahead and talk, Sue Ellen. Let's stay moving. Okay. Okay. Um, what I was um, wanting to know, there have been hints about Nate's backstory, but have you ever thought about giving, uh, are we going to get more of that back history the way we did with uh, Quinn? Uh, yeah. You know, I've been kicking that around. Uh, other people have asked me that. Um, I just. I'm not sure. That's my, that's <laughs> there you my, go. That's I, all right. That's like okay. Leaving it mysterious, <laughs> and partly because I'm not completely sure what his background backstory is. You know, um, so because you, know, you wonder how did he get into this yeah, spy yeah, world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 
Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a little bit about that, but I don't know if it's enough for a, for a like a becoming Nate book or something. Right. Um, but uh, uh, maybe if I ever find time. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like we know Jar's history, yes. kind of what was yeah, I love the way that was Jar's put in backstory. There. Yeah. So, you know, that's something that a lot of people who do not write at all um, don't understand. We writers really don't always know what the heck our characters are doing or going to do. And I, I am just now leaving away from, I still write memoir and, and essay because I have a lot uh, to write about that I feel is important for people, but I'm now getting into fiction and I love it. Mm-hmm. It is so much fun. And, but I was halfway through m- m- the book I'm working on and suddenly I went, wait, I didn't tell you to do that. And somebody's like, well, you're writing it. And I said, not really. <laughs> That's right. Characters have minds of their own. <laughs> not, not really, no. That is true. Any more? That is true. Next, okay. Pick our next hand. Yes, Pierre. Yeah. Uh, I, my question is, whenever you sat down 20 years ago and you said, I think I'm going to write a book, how did you come up with the idea to uh write a book about killings and going to have a secret organization to come in and clean up the scenes like it never happened. How'd you come up with that idea? Okay. I, um, uh, so Quinn is, I'm going to expand the answer a little bit more. Um, Quinn is uh, the cleaner. Quinn is the fourth book I ever wrote, but it was the first one I sold. Um, and all, three of the ones before were in different genres. The very first book I wrote was a urban fantasy about shapeshifters. And I don't remember where the idea came for that, but I knew I had it and I knew what I wanted to do and blah. The second book I wrote was a uh, modern day science fiction about a potential alien invasion. Um, And, uh, you know, I kind of, I don't remember again where the idea, but, and then I had a, a, then the third book was a, uh, oh, actually, actually, the cleaner was the third book, and I wrote a fourth book before the cleaner sold. And the fourth book was kind of a lit novel. Um, and then um, uh, I, I sold the cleaner, so then I suddenly become a, a, a thriller writer um, because it depends on what you sell is what you become, right? Um, how the idea for the for the cleaner came about? I I was. Um, in Berlin on a working on a job for about three months, three or four months, um, summer of 2001. And, uh, I'd have a lot of downtime. So sometimes I just get on the Ubon train, which is kind of like the subway, except some of it's above ground and whatever. And I just ride around and I suddenly got this image of a, of a guy just kind of, um, basically Quinn, just riding the riding the train, kind of taking in everything, but not talking to anyone, and and that's where the the first inkling of like this interesting character came along. Um, then I, you know, the, the, a lot of different influences came in. There were um, there was a movie that had uh, uh, 
a, a guy, it was more of a mob cleaner guy who helps some guys get rid of a body um, that was Pulp Fiction. And, um, and that, I go, that's an interesting idea. But what if, and I kind of started combining things. And, you know, what if uh, uh, we had somebody who worked in the international spy realm and, and they really cleaned things up so that nobody would know anything had happened anywhere and and so it just kind of evolved a lot of little things coming together. So often it's not just one big lightning bolt. It's it's kind of connections. Well, that makes sense. It does make <laughs> sense. It does. Okay. Um is there anyone in Clubhouse? Not at the moment. Uh Tori's still on stage. Do you have any questions, Tori? I guess not at this time. Okay. Uh, Nora is next. Well, hi, Nora. Hello. Hi, I'm very, very late. Hi. Hi, but great to meet you. Nice and to meet you, too. Thank you. And my question is, when you were a very small child, uh, did, you have, did you have difficulties in school, like with the academics, not only got good uh, age and everything, but when you're all all the time getting A's or the A's, B, C, C. <laughs> uh, right. I was a, a a pretty solid B student with some A's thrown in and the very occasional C. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I graduated high school with a 3.2 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, not too bad back in those, back in those days, that was good enough to get you into to a university. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about getting four point right. whatever. Yeah, we we weren't expected to be perfect. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So, um, which is good because I, you know, I I am, I like a range of subjects. So, um, you know, I was never necessarily super good at any one, but I was good. You know, I I could do math. I was never going to be the A math guy, but I was, you know, a good solid B in in all the math. And I loved history and I loved um, um, all sorts of different things like that. So, you know, I guess that leads to a more spread out of the education and, and what set in and, um, and, and, and got to me. That's good. Thank you. You're welcome. I still love the story that's in your bio on your website. <laughs> it's a true story. Yeah, I know it is. I, I just love it. So before we take any more hands, I have a question. Um, you're working on these books um, for Stuart Wood, and mm-hmm. and he's passed away. Yeah. Um. So you guys were obviously you knew each other um, and things. How does that feel now that you're continuing his work? What does that feel well, like? Well, it's it's quite an honor. Yeah, I cried when I read it. I thought, well, if somebody ever trusted me that much with their yeah, work, yeah. yeah. It's uh well how it came about is kind of interesting because uh, what happened was it was actually almost two years ago two years ago this coming fall that they reached out to us uh, my us by us I mean me and my agent um, about writing the next book in his Teddy Faye series his Teddy Faye series is a spinoff 
from his main Stone Barrington series. Yes. And it features a, a former CIA agent operative who na- who's a master of disguise and now has reimagined himself as a, he's now a Hollywood producer and an actor and, and, but he still gets into these other things. And the film direct, his, his friend and, and film director is Stone Barrington's son. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's how that tie gets in. And those books have always been co-written. There's, there were five. I wrote the sixth. Each of the other four were always co- some other, another co-writer. Um, uh, Parnell Hall did the first four, but then he unfortunately passed away. And, um, I can't remember the, uh, the, they had somebody write the fifth, but they wanted to go in a different direction. So they called me in to see if I could do that. And so I did that. I turned that in last summer, like two weeks before he passed away. Oh. And and then so when he passed away, I think, oh, well, okay, I guess I'm not writing in his world anymore. Um, uh, but then in October, we got a call that said Stuart was in the middle of writing his next Stone Barrington novel when he passed away. And we want you to finish it for him. And I was going, okay, uh, that's... I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was a little bit daunting and, um, um, I was a little panicked, but yeah, I can't and, even imagine it. I understand. Yeah. And it was a very short turnaround. I basically had two months to <gasps> do it. And, um, but I did it and, and everybody's very happy. So, um, and I am too. It was a lot, a lot of fun. And, and that's the book that just came out the day before yesterday. Um, the book that I fit, the one that I had finished first is the one that's not coming out till October, but, um, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, I mean, it's quite an honor. I, I, to say that Stuart and I knew each other well or anything is, I, I would never say that. Uh, I only met him in person a couple of times and, um, that was before we ever had a writing relationship. So, um, uh, you know, so we barely, you know, it was like, hello, <laughs> you know, right, nice to meet you. Right, yeah. um, uh, but, you know, they, he and his agent came to us because they knew that I wrote thrillers, I wrote spy thrillers, and I used to work in Hollywood. So that was a nice combination for the Teddy Faye stuff. Uh-huh, so, yeah. So that's how that came that's about. background, yeah. Yeah, so, but, and then, and then they, they were ha- so happy with how, that turned out they they gave me the honor of finishing uh near miss which is the new book um uh for him and uh that the 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 biggest thing is you know trying to write in somebody else's voice because it's not my voice the story you know it's not right yeah it's not the same as as a quinn book or a nightman it's a whole different style but it's fun it's just you know getting into somebody else's shoes you know and Mm -hmm. it's very interesting process so um i'm trying to think how to word this um do we have any more hands i know we're running out. yes we do okay i'm gonna go ahead and take the hands because i can't think what i want how i want to say okay next is jane t go ahead i am very glad that i could sneak on in here um and I think I was waiting for your next question, you sneak, so out you went. <laughs> um, my question as a lifelong reader to you, oh, and I grew up thinking that books were rare privileges 
You know, I didn't get to read lots of Braille, mm-hmm. uh, read lots of talking books as they came along, right. and had a family of readers. But I want to know, what do you wish would happen more correctly or more honorably in books? You know, people throw so much junk out. I start a book now and I read two or three chapters and go, nope. <laughs> I bet I could write this story. I'll read the last chapter and the epilogue and be done. And I can piece it together and I don't care. Right. You know, what do you do well, in your own writing, in your own life, to make sure that you have the best resources for the information you want in your books? Hmm. And, well, and what would you get rid of genre-wise? If you could say, I wish those books would just go away to the bottom. Well, of the- I, 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 I think, I, I, I think it's um, what the way I look at it is if there's a genre I don't like, or I just think uh, that's just I just do not like how those books are and everything. I have the choice to just not read them. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, because and, that's and an I, easy choice. And I know, but I also know that there are people out there who love that stuff, whatever yeah. that is, and that works for them, and that's great. I, I, you know, and they, there, there are probably people out there who say, "God, the spy genre stuff is just terrible." I don't want right. to read any of that stuff. Right. So it's fine. It's we, we all have our things, and um, so I'm, I wouldn't throw away anything. I, I just won't read what I don't like, you know, and, um, but I have also branched out as I, as I mentioned, um, you know, as, as a man, of course, for many years, I wasn't, I ne- I would never even touch romance, um, which was, <laughs> which is kind of dumb. But, but now, but then I just, you know, I happened to like read one or two and I went, what the heck, what if, why have I been missing this? You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I probably read a good 50 or 60 in the past two years. Wow. Um, just because it, I really enjoy it. You know, it, it's, it's, and, and it was all because my, my taste changed. And I also allowed myself to um, look at other things. Now I'm not saying that, I mean, there are definite genres where I just don't like the way that's, that stuff is written, but that's, right. that's just not for me. That's right. fine. Somebody else likes that. And it, and, and it makes them happy. Okay, that's great. I just don't have to read it. Sure. So we so, are coming up on the top of the hour. I hate to cut you off, Jane, but I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to speak. Um, do we have any more hands? Yes, we have two. Okay, let's take them quickly. Okay, um, Shannon. I just want to say... I just want to say that uh, I love the good versus evil in the Nightman series. And <laughs> even when, before you even started writing Nate, uh, Nate was always my favorite character in the Quinn books. He is you and my mom. Special. You and oh, my I mom. Love him. So, you know, he's something special. So, so don't give him up because we might riot if you do. Stu Ellen and I Uh-oh, will be on oh, your doorstep. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have been warned. Thank you. Thank you okay. so much. Let's take You're our welcome. last hand. Pierre? Uh, the, the question I want to ask, and I know Patty's going to agree with me. And wait. I hope, I hope you can find a way to untangle all these Stone Barrington books and, and intertwine. 
I mean, he intertwines them so much that you get lost in the series. He's trying to find a specific book in the Teddy Faye series because he's trying to figure out what happened to this lady that Teddy Faye asked to go on the run with him. And I uh, know, uh-huh. yeah, so he, we can't find that book. Oh, it, it, I just, it's actually in the Stone Barrington series. Yeah, where, see what um, I mean? Yeah, and I just read that about th- two or three days ago, but that's um, because I've been trying to catch up and right. read and, the and whole get the series. Uh-huh. Um, but I've been reading like two Stone Barrington books a day, so I can't remember <laughs> exactly which one it was. Um, uh, Maybe but, if you figure it out, you could email me. Yeah. I'll, we I'll, would like be so thrilled. Right. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> gosh darn it. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, yeah. And I don't like to rush, but um, we have to give up the the room in a minute. So, are there any last minute things? We first we want to tell people how can they find you? Where is the best way to find everything you do? Uh, my website, brettbattles.com. So it's b r e t t b a t t l e s. All right, uh, dot com. Yeah. Awesome. So I was doing that out of my head. I'm a writer and I can't spell. Isn't that great? It's all, um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. <laughs> and is there anything that you would like to add that I've not asked or that you've not had a chance to say? Honestly, I think we've covered quite a bit. Um, I am looking at my list here and I know one of the Teddy Faye books was uh, in Stone Barrington was doing hard time. It might've been in that one. I'm not sure. Uh, or it might have been a book or two before that. But anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there while I'm looking okay. at my list. <laughs> All right. But no, we, I think you covered everything. I appreciate it. Well, I am just really tickled that you came on and talked to our group. Oh, it, my pleasure. This community was born out of COVID. And we have something like 100 plus calls a week now, events of all descriptions. Fantastic. And we're just very, very happy to have you aboard. And um, please feel free to come back in anytime. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everybody, for attending. And thank you, Diana, for hosting and Belinda for streaming and connecting. And thank you all out in ACB Media land. Please write and let me know how you liked it. Patty.volunteer1 at gmail.com. And we will end the call with that. It was a great pleasure to have everybody.